Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I'm chatting with Elise Fitzpatrick on the topic of being a student of the Word. We talked about everything from what Elise would tell her 20 to 30-year-old self about Bible study to what has sustained her study of the Bible for 40-plus years. Listen to what she said. I know God's Word is good. I know His Word is what will sustain and feed me. I know that His Word is the bedrock of my soul. And so because of that, I'm going to get to it. I want to get to it. You should know that Elise is a hero of mine who I found out about through my very own mentors. So you'll know her a little better. Elise holds a certificate in biblical counseling from CCEF and an MA in biblical counseling from Trinity Theological Seminary. She's authored 23 books on daily living in the Christian life, y'all. Elise loves to proclaim the good news of the gospel that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, perfectly obeyed all the law in our place, suffered in isolation and agony as a punishment for our sin, died, and then rose again, all for our justification. A frequent speaker at women's conferences, she's been married for over 40 years and has three adult children and six really adorable grandchildren. I can't wait to share this conversation with you all, but you know before I do that I have to tell you about the sponsors who made today's episode possible. HelloFresh, and Lily Jade. Lily Jade was created because Megan Wood couldn't find a timeless, quality, highly functional diaper bag to meet her needs. So together with her husband, Landon, she created the bag that all moms dream of, especially me. Gone are the days of diaper bags slipping off your shoulder while buckling your little ones into car seats. All Lily Jade diaper bags convert to a backpack, crossbody, and shoulder carry. Gone are the days of hauling around a purse and a diaper bag, Because one Lily Jade bag does the job of two bags. Leave the removable 12-pocket organizer with the sitter and take your beautiful bag with you wherever you go. With Lily Jade, there's no more carrying around a grimy diaper bag because every insert is machine washable and the full grain leather cleans up like a dream. After the baby years, your Lily Jade will function as a versatile, buttery, leathery tote for years to come. A mother's work is important and you deserve quality tools to get your job done. And guess what? They're actually giving away a Lily Jade bag of your choice. Guys, this is a dream of mine. You can actually find the link in the show notes on our website. Now, on to my conversation with Elise on the topic of getting into the word. Elise, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. I got to say that my mentors are jealous of me. Like I had my mentors texting me saying, I can't believe you're getting to talk to Elise. Tell her we're best friends, even though we've never even met. (laughs) Oh, how fun. Okay. It is fun. It is fun. I remember when I was first introduced to Because He Loves Me, it was with a mentor probably six years ago. um, And we were running through her neighborhood and she was just a step ahead of me in life. And we were talking about identity and she's like, man, I got to recommend that you read this book because he loves me. And of course, I didn't actually take her recommendation being the prideful person that I am for a year. And then once I did, I'm like, why haven't I read this before? This is excellent. (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah. That book tends to be sort of a life 
reorienting book for some people. Oh, yes. Most of our listeners are probably in their 20s. And so if they haven't picked up this book, if you guys haven't picked it up, highly, highly recommend it. Another one of my uh, frequently recommended reads is Give Them Grace, which Uh, is the book that you authored on parenting. And I tell everybody, Elise, I'm like, you should read this book, whether you're parenting or not, because honestly, it really helped me process a lot of my own childhood and just thinking through the lens of like, how do I apply the gospel to just the real nitty gritty everyday life kind of stuff? Thank you so much. That's really kind, Hunter. I just, yeah, that book, uh, I wrote it along with my daughter, Jessica, and that book was really life transforming for us as well. Because I had written Because He Loves Me and Mm -hmm. was about the gospel. And then I thought, yeah, but how does this actually work with parenting? Yes. I had no idea. Wow. (laughs) That book was really very helpful for me, too. Yeah, I think we've read it three times. I told you I have a three, almost four-year-old. So we read it when we were pregnant. Then we read it when she started to talk. And then we read it when she really started to amp up on the behavioral issues. (laughs) And I feel like it's going to be probably an annual read for me. I guess I just need people to break it down for me. I really appreciate when you go through and you conversationally lay out, like, here's what it could look like in this specific instance when Bobby and Susie are fighting over toy cars to actually walk them through this instance in a way that points them to Jesus, which is what our hope and our aim is as parents. So thank you so much. You have so many books. Do you have 23 plus books now? Do you know how many you have? I think I'm about 24. I just had a new one come out on Doubt. Uh Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah, I think I'm about at 24. But, you know, I don't know. (laughs) That is absolutely (laughs) tremendous. At some point, I imagine you probably lose count when you get up that a ways. So you're an author and you do a lot of speaking around the country. If I was looking on from afar, which I am, Elise, it seems as though two of your great passions are the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that right? That really is it. If you could define my life, the trajectory of my life. I've been a Christian for about 45 years. I wasn't really raised in a Christian home. And the thing that has really been the driving passion of my life is the word. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that's really hard for some women who read it and just sort of go, my, just can't connect these dots. Right. Yeah. So it's been my passion to help women get into the word, but not just to sort of get into it, like Mm -hmm. figure out what they're supposed to be doing today. Although course is part of it, but to get into it and really see Jesus on every page. And that, that is what really defines what I have to say. And that really started, I think, in, in no small measure with the Because He Loves Me book. Really? That's so cool to hear the history of that. And honestly, I'm encouraged, Elise, just in hearing you say that you didn't grow up in a Christian home. So when did the word become precious to you? Yeah, so I did not grow up in a Christian home, although I have to say my mother took us to uh, the Lutheran church from time to time when Mm. I was growing up, was actually baptized and confirmed as a Lutheran, but honestly, I had absolutely no idea what it meant. 
<laughs> but I could say the answers. And then about the time I was 13 or 14, uh, my life really began to unravel. And it wasn't really until right before my 21st birthday, moved in next door to a woman I had been pregnant, married, and divorced in that order. Wow. And um, moved in next door to a woman named Julie, who remains my very dear friend. Wow. And she started talking to me about Jesus. Well, then not long after that, you know, and then the Lord saved me. And that was in 1971, which was sort of the height of the Jesus movement in Southern California. What is the Jesus movement? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Born in 88, Elise. Help me out. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Between like, I want to say 1970 and 1974 or so, mm-hmm. maybe 75, God did a really miraculous thing among young people. And that was where Calvary chapels started. So the whole Calvary chapel movement was really born out of a church in uh, Orange County, And this was a church where all of a sudden God was doing a work among hippies. We were all hippies. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And and God saved thousands and thousands. And the entire Calvary Chapel movement came out of that. Cool. Yeah. So all the all the pastors who are in Calvary Chapel now who are old people (laughs) or my age, most of them got saved in the early 1970s. Very cool. Yeah. So God really did a work there. So then it wasn't, I wasn't saved for very long before I started uh, attending a church and the church had just started a Bible college. The one thing that they drilled into my (laughs) very scrambled head at that point was live the, they called it T-W-R-L. Okay. The word ruled life. Hmm. And I began then, I mean, I had never read the Bible. Yeah. I began to read the Bible and we really were taught that everything you need to know about life and godliness is found in the scriptures and you need to know them. So you just started eating it up for yourself because you knew this, if this is what I'm <laughs> like my guidebook for life, I've got to, I've got to take it in. I did. And, you know, for me, because I really wasn't raised in a Christian home, it was all new. Yeah. In some ways, do you think that was helpful, Elise? Like you're reading it with fresh eyes? I think so. Yes. I I, and I don't want to say, gosh, I'm really glad I didn't wasn't raised in a Christian home because my life was a train wreck. And there are still residual Mm -hmm. of, you know, the way that I lived. Before I, before I became a Christian. So I don't want to say that, but for me, I would sit and for fun, read the minor prophets <laughs> because I had never read them. Yeah. And there I was in Bible college with all these other kids who had basically been, who had basically grown up in church and you know for them it was all old hat right it can make up old but then i think when you're reading it for the first time you're like oh guys what check this out this is crazy um so why is it important that we study the word elise and how has that fleshed itself out in your life over the last 20 30 years so god's word is a as psalm 119 says it's a lamp Mm -hmm. our feet So picture yourself going down a 
dark alleyway in um, maybe a bad part of town. Mm. And it's dark and there is no light. You can't really see that far mm-hmm. in front of you. You're sort of stumbling mm-hmm. over You don't know what it is. And then somebody comes by and shines a flashlight for you. And mm-hmm. we all mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the flashlight comes on and we can see what's on the path in front of us. Now, that is in part how God's word functions for us. It shines light on what is a very dark path. We are all sinful. We all break God's law. And we live in a sin-cursed world, which means that we're surrounded by people who do the same thing. So God's word tells me how to view myself, my own life, Mm -hmm. I'm going, what I'm headed toward, the dangers that might be ahead. And also it shines a light on the people around me. And it shows me, well, okay, I've been married to my husband, Phil, for 40 something years. And so it tells me who Phil is and what his relationship is with me and I with him. So it gives me light to know what I should do. So first of all, God's word is a, is a lamp to us, but I don't want to just leave it there because then that sort of sounds like, okay, uh-huh, I want uh-huh. God's word just so I can figure out what I'm supposed to do. Right. That's not all it is. It is that, but that's not all it is. What it also is, and this I think is something we even as Christians, we really miss is it not only tells me what I need to do, mm-hmm. it tells me what Jesus Christ has already done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is the very thing that is meant to motivate my walk with the Lord, motivate yeah. me, yeah, right, to continue to try, even though, as I said, I've been a Christian for 45, 46 years, I continually fail <laughs> to do to love my neighbor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the law. The law is I need to love God with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so that's that light to my path thing. That shows me what I'm supposed to do. I'm to love my neighbor. That's light to my path. Mm-hmm. But what motivate me to do that? What's going to give me mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. to get up again after 45 years of really not loving my neighbor the way that I should? Yeah. What's going to give me the courage to get up and try again? Yes. Yes. The only thing that gives me the courage to get up and try again is the knowledge that God has forgiven all my sins. Mm-hmm. Christ Jesus. So for every listener today who has come to Christ by faith, the good news is your sin, your failure to love your neighbor and to love God is forgiven. It's completely forgiven. And not only is your sin forgiven, but you also have the perfect record of the obedience of Jesus Christ. 
And that's what the Bible calls justification. And so, Hunter, how, how am I supposed to get up every day knowing that yesterday I failed to love my neighbor the way that I should? And maybe it wasn't outward. Maybe it was just some little grumbly in my heart. Mm-hmm. I flatter myself that it wasn't outward, but anyway, <laughs> you know, it was this selfishness or impatience. Right. And how am I going to get up again today and pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? When I know that I prayed the same thing yesterday. Yes. And I didn't do it. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say I haven't grown at all. Again, I flatter myself. I don't, but I don't want, I want to give God glory. And I want to say, yeah, the Lord really has and is transforming me. And that's Mm -hmm. true. But the only thing that will give me the courage, the motivation to actually desire to love my neighbor, to desire to love God, the only thing that can do that is the love of God in Christ Jesus. So the Bible is not just a lamp. The Bible is also great news. Yes. Motivator. Yes. Will give us the great news that we need. Yes. You know, I, I think growing up in church, I did often come to the Bible saying, okay, what is what does it have for me? But seeing that the Bible is a story about God, like you said, and about what he is working throughout history uh, by bringing us the person of his son, Jesus, and rescuing a people to himself and seeing that I'm but one of those people. (laughs) This isn't all about me. This is really about what he is doing and, and how he is glorifying himself through the gospel. So how does our understanding of the word and of this grand story that you're talking about actually impact our beliefs about who God is? Yeah, so I mean, I think it's very easy for us to be able to say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Right, right. And to know that. But then on a day-to-day basis, get the feeling that of one of a couple of things. First of all, that God is sort of impatiently standing up in the throne room of heaven tapping his foot and waiting for me to get my act together. Yeah. Like, seriously? Still? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that? So it, it, that's one picture. And then there's another picture that I think that sometimes we have, like, it's like God has asked us to do all this stuff. He's kind of like Pharaoh telling me to make bricks without, mm-hmm. right? Right. And even though I might be really laboring, I'm still not getting my quota of bricks done. Mm-hmm. And if we don't remember what the Bible says about what God has done for us in the person and work of Jesus Christ, if we forget that, then we become people who view God as an impatient taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Like that person in Jesus' parable when, you know, Jesus gives the the talents and the parable of the talents, you know, this guy mm-hmm. gets 
This guy gets five, and however it goes, and one guy gets one. And what does he do with his one talent? Well, he takes it and he buries it in the ground. And so Jesus comes to him and he said, you know, in the story, the master comes and says, where's the talent? And he says, here, you can have Mm -hmm. your talent back because I knew you Mm -hmm. to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow. See, and that is what happens. And I don't think we'd ever actually come out and say that, but it's this feeling in our heart, like you ask so much of me. And then you give me this husband (laughs) or these kids, Mm. this church, Mm -hmm. this trial in my body. You do all these things. And then you don't, you, you're, you're like Pharaoh. You're not giving me any straw to make bricks. And so then we hide away. We say, oh, you know, here, have what you have, what you gave me back because you are a hard taskmaster. Mm. See, if we forget the gospel, and it's really my perspective that the gospel is not just in the four books that are called gospels yes. in the New Testament. So what is that? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not merely there. It is there, but it's not only there. Right. It's my perspective that you can find Jesus in every book of the Bible. Yes have to do you have to know first of all come to scripture and know all right what this is is this is god's demonstration of the history of redemption and mm-hmm. so look for redemption mm-hmm. every, in everything i'm i read i'm going to look for redemption and the amazing thing is it's everywhere and that's the thing it's like reading treasured cherished love letter Mm -hmm. and reading it over and over and over again. And every time you read it, you find something new. Yes. Yes. And if all you're doing is coming to scripture and looking for, you know, the magic bullet to get out of of whatever problem you're in or, you know, the five steps to have the life that I want. Mm hmm. You know, how to make that awful God Pharaoh mm-hmm. happy with me. Mm-hmm. You're going to miss the very motivation that you need. You know, there is a man whose name is Thomas Chalmers, old old guy, old yeah. guy. And he said that the only way that you can get rid of the kinds of desires that you mm-hmm. have in life that are uh, unprofitable and sinful is to have mm-hmm. a strong desire, mm-hmm. a strong and John tells us in First John, we love, why? Because he first loved us. The only thing that will motivate mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. And your heart, my heart, is to know that we have been loved as we are, not like some future better version of us. Right. Have been loved as we are, wholly, completely, eternally, and lavishly. Mm, yes. I love that you mentioned that. Like we are beloved and you're right. As we um, engage with the text, we begin to believe that and see that and know that more and more. So how does engaging with the text and studying the word of God impact our beliefs about who we are in light of who God is and in light of what he's done for us through the person of his son, Jesus? 
Right. So then I began to ask questions about who am I? Who am I really? Am I merely Elise Fitzpatrick? Or am I actually someone that Paul describes in Ephesians? I Am I beloved? So do I think about myself as being beloved? Am I chosen? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, from before the foundation of the world, right. basically. Ephesians. Well, any <laughs> good or bad. Yes. I, am I chosen? Do I have a great inheritance? Mm-hmm. Kept in heaven. Has, yes. Yes, exactly. As Peter says, is kept in heaven reserved for me. Am I part of this grand plan of redemption that God is working throughout all of history? Is that who I am? Or am I at least, you know, this sort of loser <laughs> who never really can remember that there's, she's supposed to be on a podcast? <laughs> we won't mention that. Who am I? Really? And at heart, who am I? Am I a person? And I think this, again, is so important, particularly for women who are very serious about wanting to serve Christ. They don't want any fluff. You know, don't tell me, oh, whatever fluffy thing. Don't teach me how to fold napkins that look like the empty tomb. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that wouldn't go over well with me. What I need to know is that I'm forgiven. I mean, I need to know that. Uh, And I need to know it from someplace outside myself. Right, right. And where that comes from is from the scripture. Yeah. The scripture then's telling me uh, over and over again, you're forgiven, you're counted righteous, you're justified, you're chosen, you are beloved, you are so beloved, mm-hmm. he rejoices over you. Yes. He's not ashamed of me. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's not ashamed of me. He doesn't have any regrets that somehow he chose me right. and I sort of turned out to be the person that I am. Man, he loves us based on the performance of his son. And the more we come to embrace that, the more we can no longer be identified by our failures, which I think is what I tend to get caught up in. You know, I just feel like, oh my gosh, I just did that again and I'm the worst. And, you know, just this very like, I don't know, self-loathing kind of thing takes over me. But when I remember that God isn't pleased with me based on my performance, but based on the performance of his son, then I'm just led to rejoice in what Christ has done for me. And that's worship. Like It's just so wonderful to, to be able to do that. Elise, if you could offer 20 or 30-year-old Elise an exhortation in Bible study, maybe something that you wish you would have done uh, when you were 20 or 30 years old, what would it be? Well, <laughs> relax. I need that. (laughs) So, so just, it's like really rest. Yeah. I I have a 95 year old mother and she's really in the process of dying Mm. is, uh, and I go down and and see her fairly frequently. And, uh, I sit by the side of her bed and I put my hand on her head and I say, be at peace, mama. Mm. Just Rest in the arms of Jesus. See, you know, that's really, really great news for her because Mm. she, like all of us, wants to somehow worry and be concerned about 
you know, how things are going and who's going to take care of the way. Yeah. You know, all of that. And that, that's, that would really have been great news for the 20 or 30 or 40 year old Elise, just yeah. to, to say, Elise, yeah, just, just rest in the arms of Jesus. You know, I, one of the things, and, and you talked about it, it's that sort of shame we feel when we, when we can't look at mm-hmm. our accomplishments. But, you know, I want I to say the flip side of that is the pride we feel yeah. when we feel like we can look at our accomplishments. For sure. Right? So then we make a list of all the things we're supposed to do today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we get it done. And we're actually even nice to people. Um, and even almost in our heart, <laughs> we're nice to people. And then we feel good about ourselves. See, what I want to do is I want to jettison both despair and pride. Right. And they're actually flip sides of the same coin. Totally. And, And the antidote to that is be at peace. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. In terms of Jesus. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean then that? I ignore. Right, never read your Bible. Uh, of course not. Because the very things, a- aka reading the word, praying, spending time in fellowship with people, all of those disciplines that mm-hmm. we know we're supposed to do, those are the very things that will feed my soul, encourage mm-hmm. me to be able to, what we call in, in the Give Them Grace book, just free fall into mercy. Mm. <laughs> so it's that I, I just want to, I want to free fall mm-hmm. into mm. mercy of Christ and just mm-hmm. say that song that we all sing, nothing in my hands I bring. Only to that cross I cling. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. for sure. I know you guys are loving this conversation with Elise. And because of that, I want to tell you about the other sponsor that helped to make it possible, HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so that you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. They offer three different types of plans, classic, veggie, and family. You can look forward to your HelloFresh delivery knowing that dinner just got that much easier. Every time I open my door to a HelloFresh box, I feel relief and excitement knowing that our family is about to have some amazing meals like the figgy balsamic pork with roasted green beans and rosemary potatoes. Mmm. All the ingredients come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits so that you know exactly which ingredients go with which recipe. HelloFresh will help you get out of that recipe rut and start cooking outside your comfort zone by discovering new delicious recipes in each week's box. For a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash JourneyWomen60 and enter JourneyWomen60. That's HelloFresh.com slash JourneyWomen60 and enter JourneyWomen60. Now, back to my conversation with Elise on the topic of studying the word. You know, I think for me, Elise, 
being a 30 year old woman and having, you know, two kids, one on the way to disciple and even like having a platform, having a podcast, all of this, I want to skyrocket my growth. And I recognize that actually is pride. And a lot of it comes from just a desire to steward it well. But I would love for you to just speak into uh, my life. And I think probably a lot of listeners who feel the way that I feel, where they just want to be light years ahead of where they are. And it's hard to rest in the arms of Jesus because you just feel like, but I got to figure out, you know, whether or not I'm on this side or this side of a theological debate. And I got to, you know, make sure I'm up on all these things and make sure I read through my Bible this year and make sure I know how to do inductive Bible study and all these things. Like, what does it look like practically for us to rest in the the arms of Jesus when we have so much that we want to accomplish. And you know what? Having goals is a good thing. Okay. I mean, I, I'm a person who has written two dozen books. <laughs> yeah, that had to come with a lot of goals. <laughs> I have a master's degree in biblical counseling. Right. I'm a grandmother. I have six grandkids. You know, I mean, I've got a lot to do. I guess the way to come at it, Hunter, is just to say this. When I find myself beating myself up because I'm not as far along as I would hope to be, right. then I need to step back and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Mm-hmm. I can see by what's going on in my heart right now that I'm wanting to put my trust in myself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my accomplishments, rather than in mm-hmm. you. So do does that mean that I don't do anything? No, of course not. But what it means is, is that my identity is not invested Mm. how well I do things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, I'd like to say to you that I'm there. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to say to you that, oh, yeah, that's totally where I'm at. Right. I, I, I will say. I have grown. There. I can see that. I can see that at least. Like I I know you haven't arrived, but I just feel like there's a restedness about you and about some of the women that I see a few decades ahead and I yearn for that. And I and and I think what you're telling me is there's a way that I can like embrace that even now even without having the degree of sanctification <laughs> that the Lord has worked out in your life. Well, it is. And what I want to remind you of, I think it's the Westminster Confession that says, sanctification is an act of God's free grace. Mm -hmm. See, sanctification, God's in charge Mm -hmm. of sanctification. Yes. And, you know, honestly, I I would like to say that I like that. Um, And in my right mind, I do like it. Right. But... I don't like it. Because you just want to manhandle that puppy and get it done. Right. <laughs> I want to get it done. I and know. I have to continue to struggle uh-huh. over and over and over again with the same thing. Well, sanctification yeah. is an act of God's free grace, whereby he conforms us to the image mm-hmm. of Christ. But that is something that he does. Mm -hmm. And you know what? He does it at his own speed. So there are people you can look at and say, man, they've only been walking with the Lord five years and they're so far down the pike. God's in (laughs) charge of that. Amen. Yes. He's in charge of it. And he will use 
and does use our failure and sin to accomplish yes. the work he wants to do yes. in us, yes. people around us. So, I mean, I'm, I'm enough of a reformed woman to say, <laughs> I'm in charge of even my failure. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that I can just say, so it doesn't matter, and I'm just right. going to fix God's in charge. Of course, I would never say that. But what I do have to say is, he, this is his ball game. Yeah. And yeah. he's going to get us where he wants us to be. Yes. And he wants us to be there. And you know, you know, in your own life, there's times when you're really, really wanting to grow. And, and it just doesn't seem, it just seems like you stub your toe on. Totally. Feels like you're regressing. Yes. And then there are other times when all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you go, oh, hey, uh, wow, it's been X number of days or weeks since I was tempted with that. Mm-hmm. I, that's something God is doing. Our problem is whenever we look at ourselves, we're never, yes, we're told to examine ourselves and make sure we're in the faith. Well, what is the faith? The faith is that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life died a substitutionary death, and was raised for our justification. That's the faith. So I need to examine myself to see that I'm in the faith. And then all of the Uh other ways that I have of measuring myself by myself, it's all foolishness. Uh story. I have a friend who's got a bunch of, you know, a number of little kids. And what the little kids like to do is, you know, they back up against the door jam or something. And then the mom marks how much they've grown. Yeah. And the little kids want to look and see how Mm -hmm. much they've grown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And sometimes they'll like stand on their toes. Yeah. Or you know, stretch way up to try, try to figure out that they've really grown. Listen, that's just like what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to be taller than we actually are. (laughs) Exactly. The news is God's in charge of this. Uh Uh-huh. He will see this through to its completion by his grace. Yes. Thank you, God. What encouragement do you have for those of us who do want to grow, who are standing on our tiptoes, like you said, um, who really do desire to better understand the word and who come to it with a real uh, desire to just grasp, as you mentioned, like uh, what God is working throughout redemptive history, but we're also in a really demanding season of life, like mothering little kids. And we also have a lot of college students who are listening, like maybe in the midst of finals. How can we pursue and grow in our knowledge of the word in the midst of really demanding seasons? Well, you know, there's a couple of things that I personally do. First of all, uh, and this would be really for people who are in demanding seasons, is to have a good study Bible. I personally... The ESV Gospel Transformation Bible. Oh, cool. I haven't checked that out. Oh, yeah. Well, that would be my favorite. And what does it do? Does it like tether it to the gospel? It does. That's awesome. The whole thing to the gospel. So not just like the New Testament. I mean, right now I'm reading through again. And so I'm in Genesis and I'm reading this morning about God's covenant with me. 
with mankind to to bless. And so, you know, how long does that take? It's I, <laughs> if you have a lot of time, then do a lot of time. But yeah. if you yeah. don't have a lot of time, then do what you can do. Right. Yes. Thought that you have to read X number of chapters or X number of verses and spend X amount of time in prayer every day. Right. I don't know where that comes from. I'm pretty sure it doesn't come from God. Listen, if you've got time, and here's how I know. Christians have been learning about and serving God for thousands of years. And most of that time, none of them had a Bible, right? Yeah, they were listening to the word preached, right? And a lot of them weren't literate, even if they had a Bible. <laughs> exactly. And certainly, I mean, I can, I'm can. i in my office and I can look over at my bookshelf and I probably have 10 Bibles. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people in the history mm -hmm. of the faith had one parchment? So. What do I know? I know that God can get me where I need to be, even if all uh -huh. I have is a little small snippet. Now, uh -huh. again, I'm not saying, so ergo, don't read the Bible. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't put the pressure on yourself that you have to do this or this or this. If, yeah. you, if you can, if you have time, then do it. And there will be times in your life when you'll have more time. Um, maybe there'll be a day, just one day that all of a sudden the kids are all being really nice and you've got some time yeah. and spend more time. So spend it right. and, and relish it. But I think that one of the things that really stops women from spending as much time in scripture as mm -hmm. they should or um, is because they feel guilty. Yeah. That happened to me my first year of motherhood because I felt like I couldn't do it the way that I always had done it before kids. And so I just kind of didn't because I didn't know how. I, I, I it's, It sounds so dumb because, right, you just open it up and read. But I felt like if I couldn't print it off, double spaced, you know, two inch margins, get my colored pencils out, that I wasn't going to be able to do it the right way. Could you speak to that? Like maybe somebody who has these ideas about this is the way Bible study should or ought to look. And if it doesn't, then I feel like a source of shame and guilt over that. How can you move forward, uh, like joyfully immersing yourself in the word, even if it doesn't look the way that you have maybe thought that it should? Yeah, I just want to remind people that uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, had absolutely no scriptures. That's a potent thought. <laughs> All right. None of the members of the New Testament churches even had, even had mm. scripture at all. Mm. Paul, the apostle, Paul, didn't have what we have. So then we think, oh, well, you know, then we ought to be that much more thankful. And yes, we should be thankful. But God can accomplish his purpose. Yes. His purpose without us. <laughs> I think that a lot of times we almost kind of like having that sort of structure because we we can check it off of our list and feel yeah. like it's good. Yeah. Right? Totally. <laughs> and so what I want to do is say, actually, no, Jesus is the only one who ever read his Bible and the scriptures that he had. He read them. He knew the Psalms. I'm sure he sang them. But he's the only one that ever had the right kind of relationship with Scripture, and that's our record right now. So when I sit down to mm. read, then I mm. want to read in as much time as I have, 
I want to try and I, I mean, I know this goes against the whole inductive, whatever thing. Don't look <laughs> Everything I've ever said, guys. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Some of us don't have time for that. Yeah. And, and it's because primarily the, the season of life that we're in. So do what you can. Yes. So, yeah, yes. Use the ESV gospel transformation Bible. Yeah. And I journal. So, and I mean, I, it, that doesn't have to be a, mm-hmm. you know, half an hour exercise, right. Sit, read half of a, a half of a chapter, look at maybe some cross references. If you have time, write down what you think God is speaking to. Thank God for the day. Say the Lord's prayer, say the, our father be done with it. Yeah. You know, I think one of my friends, she said just the the phrase in motherhood of like continual feasting. And that really meant a lot to me because then it's like, it's not something that I have to sit down and do in like one chunk of time. It's something that I get to do throughout the day whenever I have an opportunity. And for me, at least that's looked a lot like just pushing back against other distractions that I like want to readily feast on, you know, kind of like the junk food, <laughs> like that just yeah. kind of fill my time. And instead finding those little pockets of time that I get to feast on the word, even if it isn't like what it has looked like for me in the past. And that's just been, I, it never, I never walk away from those times feeling depleted and empty like I do oftentimes when I stop scrolling on Instagram. Well, yeah. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm right with you there. The social media, the distraction. It is a time suck. It, it is. It's, it's a full on, it's a black hole. Yes. You can it's just, really stressful too. Like you don't realize how stressful it is until you stop. And then you're like, why am I, I feel so free right now. Yeah. I mean, I think I understand the uses of social media and I'm trying to use social media appropriately. Yeah, you're doing a great job, by the way, because I feel like a lot of older, you know, people in an older generation are just like, that's horrible, like never do. But you're engaging with it. And I appreciate that, Elise, because that's where women are that are my age and younger, especially. Yeah. And I and I want to do that. But, you know, again, there's there's a continual tug of war in our hearts. Totally. I feel that. Yeah. Trying to approve of myself. You know, the thing with social yeah. media is 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 that whole fear of missing out, you know? Yeah, FOMO. I want to know that I'm sort of I'm up, I'm hep, I know everything that's going on. <laughs> so and and do you see what that is again? That's self-righteousness again. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, it's the desire to approve of yourself. And so then to come again to the Lord and say, forgive me for wanting to approve of myself. I want to spend time with you. I want yeah. to read the word. Yes. I pray. Yeah. Help me do that. And then not to get to the end of that and turn back around and look at what I've done and say whether or not I can approve of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like to look only to Christ for approval. Elise, what is it that's kept you growing in your understanding and in your desire to be in the Word and in your own personal Bible study as you've navigated life as a believer for, what did you say, 40-something years now? So it would be about 47 years. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of the things is this habit. It's just a habit that every day, and I'm not going to say every day of my whole life, but yes, it, um, Religiously, if you will, I just I just know that I need to spend time in the Word. So mm-hmm. there is that. 
But then there's also this sort of hunger. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dream of skipping breakfast. (laughs) Right. Uh, And so then there's this hunger within my own heart to, to want to be fed. And I have gone through days when I haven't read, when I haven't prayed, and I know that there is a, there is an emptiness there that I want to, Mm -hmm. I want to be free of. Yeah. I feel the same way. And it's just amazing how God is the one who keeps us there. Like, you know, I mean, there's no other explanation for it. I think for me, because I look back on my life when I really started having just a a tenacity and hunger for God's word. And I was about 18 years old and somebody asked me that question. And I was like, you know, it's just amazing because I really, of course you have seasons where it can be a little clunky and it can feel a little rote and routine, but generally speaking, over the last 12 years, I'm like, man, uh, that that insatiable hunger is something that only God could have done in me. And I'm so thankful because it really hasn't ever tapered out. Right. And yeah. I mean, isn't that isn't that a wonderful isn't that a wonderful testimony of God's faithfulness? Yes. Right. It's his faithfulness that has sustained you. Yes. One hundred percent. And all of your brain is draining out into breast milk, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And will sustain us. Yes. Yes. Praise the Lord. How does a genuine love for the word flesh itself out in our everyday lives in conjunction with the breast milk analogy? (laughs) So it's, I know God's word is good. I know his word is is what will sustain and feed me. Right. I know that his word is the bedrock of my soul. And so because of that, I'm going to get to it. I want to get to it. Let me tell you another thing. Maybe this will be helpful for some people who really even have trouble reading. Right, yes. I have a copy of David Suchet. Okay. Okay, so David Suchet reading the NIV on Audible. Yes. And so in the middle of the night, when I can't sleep, which is, you know, fairly frequently. Yeah, me too. Pregnancy insomnia. Exactly. And my (laughs) eyes are too tired to read. Yeah. I put that on. Yes, and listen to it. And, you know, you can set a sleep timer. Yes. So after 45 minutes or an hour, hopefully you're back asleep again. Yeah, but that's awesome. What's into your brain is God's word. Yes. That can't be bad. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I agree. That's been huge for me in seasons with little people is just saying, okay, we're in the car. This isn't going to be bad for you kids. So here it is, Bible.is or you version or whatever it is that I have on my app and just plug it in. Jesus Storybook Bible, all that. I've got it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just listen to the Jesus Storybook. David Suchet reading this Jesus Storybook Bible. That'll do you. Yeah, that sounds excellent. So you have a conference coming up, Women of the Word, October 19th and 20th of this year. What's that going to be like, Elise, if somebody's thinking, man, I'd really like to continue learning about what it looks like to be a woman of God's Word? 
you know, what we're going to do, I'm really excited about being at that conference. Um, I've been to uh, that church before, Harvest. We've had a great time there before. And what we're going to be doing is talking about idolatry. Okay. How um, we have idols in our hearts, those things that... uh, consistently draw us away from the Lord. We have that uh, in all of our hearts. And so what I want to do is try to help the women identify what those idols are and then help them replace those idols with the love of God in Jesus Christ. Oh, so cool. So the conference is really like your specific teaching portion is really focused around more of idolatry and identifying like the idols of our hearts. Yes. If people want to check that out, they can find that on our show notes. We'll also link to it on social media because they can attend it virtually, right? Yes, they can. And that's um, going to be really great. It's going to be a go to the hub event which basically means they can attend in person or they can attend virtually. And uh, if there's a group of them that want, a group of gals that want to get together and do this as a a Bible study together, or maybe you can't afford really to have somebody come in and speak at a retreat for you, Mm -hmm. do this. Because you have a 60-day playback, right? You can watch it for 60 days after the event goes live on October the 19th. Exactly. Cool. I want to really encourage women to do that. I know that the last time that I did this, there were women and groups of women in Australia who were able to do it because, you know, uh, virtual reality now. I know. We have some Australian listeners. Shout out. They have been messaging me. (laughs) I think that is so cool. Um, Well, what other resources would you recommend for somebody who wants to grow in their study of the Bible? Right. Well, aside from Scripture, aside from listening to Scripture, um, a, a good study Bible. I'm a big fan yeah. of the ESV. So either the ESV study Bible. That's what I have. Yeah. Yes. The ESV gospel transformation Bible, I think is really great. That's going to go on my Christmas list, Elise. Good job. Yeah. So, <laughs> something. They're going to come out and I think it'll be in January. Okay. Revised version of it. Okay. Good to know. So, Watch Crossway for that. Cool. It's um, like the Jesus Storybook Bible for adults. <laughs> exactly. It's so exactly. cool. Yeah. So, you know, and, and then again, just asking the Lord, you know, even if what you're doing is, you know, using an app to remind you to spend 15 minutes, spend yeah. 10 minutes, yeah. read scripture. Yes. Yes. And get, get together with friends and talk about it. Yes, I hope that this will spur some of the listeners on to do just that. And be sure to check us out on social media this week because we will probably be sharing how this flushes itself out practically in our lives. Um, Elise, one of the questions that I asked every guest who comes on the show just so we can get to know you a little bit better is, what are three of your simple joys? Okay, uh, simple joy number one is because I am an empty nester. I eat breakfast in bed almost every day. Okay, that's awesome. What's your breakfast of choice? And that would be probably simple joy number two. (laughs) is Trader Joe's steel cut oatmeal. Okay, yes. You're speaking my language. What I do is I cook like eight servings of it at once and put it in baggies in the fridge. So all I have to do is mm-hmm. heat it up in the morning. Genius, because it takes like 45 minutes to cook that stuff. 
Yes, it does. So <laughs> then, you know, I'll, I'll do eight servings. And so I don't have to do it again for over a week. Nice. Yeah. And then the other thing, my other, you know, simple joy is I, I'm a Southern California person. I love the water. And oh, so yes. it's not time to be at the ocean. I swim laps at a pool and I'm just crazy about water and swimming. That is so fun. I have to say, coming from like a Texas, Oklahoma context, Elise, in so many ways, when I listen to Front Porch with the Fitzies, which by the way, people should go check out your podcast if they want to hear more from you. You are chatting with your son and your daughter. You don't release on a weekly basis, do you? Is it biweekly? Well, it's sort of weekly. Okay. (laughs) Well, I I get the vibes. I'm like, man, this isn't what I expected a California gal to be like. Like you feel kind of Texan to me in some ways, but this, uh, the water, the waterfront does bring it back to California, but you guys, you guys crack me up and um, I love the way that your family works. It's really cool to see how you have influenced your children, how God by his grace has allowed you to influence your kiddos for the kingdom. It's just really, it's a sweet thing to, to witness your relationship with them from afar. They seem like really fun people. Well, who is it, Elise, that's had the greatest impact on your journey with Jesus? You have been such an encouragement to me in my own personal journey with Jesus. And I know there are many that have gone before you that have encouraged you as well. Well, you know, I want to say as far as writers and speakers are concerned, probably C.S. Lewis. Mm, Love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's he is so far ahead in his thought of where, you know, I I mean, I I can't even imagine. So Lewis would be the one. But then, you know, I got to give a shout out to Phil, my husband. Honestly, Mm -hmm. he's been the one who has done everything to make a way Mm. to have time to study. Oh, yes. Grow and and follow Christ. And honestly, had he not done that, yeah, I, I you know the Lord would have used me in whatever situation He wanted me to be in. Right, but could not have done what I've done or grown to where I am without without yeah. His consistent and love. Yeah. Oh, that is so precious. Well, tell him thank you. My mentor also told me to tell you, I just got a text from her that popped up on the screen. Tell her thank you. And I want to say it again. Thank you, Elise, for coming on the Journey Women podcast. It's been a joy to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I genuinely hope this conversation with Elise encourages you to get into the word in whatever way you can, no matter what season you find yourself in today. If you're like me and you're fired up to do that, we have lots of suggestions for how to go about doing so under the resources tab of our website, journeywomenpodcast.com. Hey, we're going to continue the topic of getting into the word throughout the week over on Instagram and Facebook at journeywomenpodcast. Y'all heard that Lily Jade is one of our sponsors this week. These are hands down my favorite bags ever, and I want one so badly, but guess what? You actually have the opportunity to win one if you follow the link in our profile on Instagram at Journey Women Podcast before November the 15th, 2018. Go, go, go. We're so grateful for all your support, including your support for our sponsors as they genuinely help keep the podcast up and running. I mentioned this on Instagram last week and it came to my attention that not everybody knows this. If you use our affiliate links and the codes that we offer you guys, it doesn't just help you, but it helps us as well. And guess what? 
every single dime of the money that we receive from sponsors goes back into supporting the podcast. Speaking of support, Chris Mann of Podshaper edited this week's episode, and I am so grateful. Hey, it's a joy to get to journey alongside you all. I can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.